This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. All right, Marrows, just before we get things kicked off with the podcast, I just want you to do me a favour. Picture this scene. It's Sunday morning. It was a good night. But I bet you're feeling it now. And there's no point in just sitting on the couch all day, wallowing and suffering with dry mouth. You want to get yourself up and you want to get yourself down to Bank Street in Carlisle. And when you're there, you want to follow your nose and you will find John Watson's son's cafe and their amazing new brunch menu which includes full English breakfast served from 10am to 3pm that's right all day John Watson Sons breakfast what more could you want on a Sunday get yourself out of bed at 9 in the morning get yourself out of bed at midday it doesn't matter you'll still have enough time to go down to John Watson Sons on Bank Street in Carlisle and get yourself a full English breakfast and yes before you ask it does include a free juice coffee or a tea and is actually less than a tenner so I don't think I need to do much more selling to convince you where to go on Sunday morning this week. It's the newest sponsor here on the Blue Army podcast. We're proudly associated with John Watson's Sons Cafe on Bank Street. Go down there and try the new brunch menu. And while you're there, just mention that you heard about it here on the Blue Army podcast. Thank you so much for listening. My name is Maddie Robson. My name is Chris Filler. My name is Paul Anderson. My name is Mark Boyd. Hello, my name is Derek Combs and I listen to the Blue Army Podcast. My name is Toby Show Silva and welcome to the Blue Army Podcast. I don't know. But it's nice that we can all see each other though. You've got your camera working obviously since Gabe was um, on last week. Your camera's been yeah, it seems to then. work. Yeah, it seems to work if I kind of like unplug it and then only plug it in before I'm about to use it. 
All right, okay, okay. Because I stripped back. Reason, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I stripped back to using just the, the camera that comes with the old uh, computer rather than Aye. having something plugged in because I felt like it was like maybe slowing the computer down slightly. Um, but hopefully, you know, now we've got a new sponsor, these things can start getting upgraded. And as I've just mentioned the sponsor, um, you might have heard at the start of the podcast, if you didn't skip past it, uh, that we are sponsored by John Watson's Cafe, which is on Bank Street, they've just started a brand new brunch menu. Uh, you would have heard all this in the advert, but what you wouldn't have heard in the advert is as a reward for the people that have already been to John Watts or as an incentive to the people that haven't tried the brunch at John Watts yet. The listeners of the Blue Army podcast and the people that you tell about this are entitled to 10% off as long as you go for brunch with your season tickets or wearing some Carlisle United apparel. So just for listening to the Blue Army podcast, you're saving money, but only if you want to go for brunch at John Watts on Sunday, okay? Between between 10 and 3 (laughs) o'clock. But uh, yeah, I will back that up. And as well, I'll I'll mention this as well quickly. Uh, We normally do... Uh, just before, uh, the week before a Target wrestling show, we'll normally give them a mention to sort of help them push uh, ticket sales a little bit. Um, it's a little bit further out. The next Target show in Carlisle is the 15th of April, and it's actually their 10th year anniversary show. So they've got some absolute bargains if you're up for a full day of wrestling, you know, back-to-back ticket combinations. So you can get two shows, front row tickets for only 20 quid. I mean, uh, you're going to be in for a good day. It's going to be a lot day it's going to be a long day and it's the same day as the uh, as a Carlisle match so you might be better off just booking yourself in uh, for one of the evening events but yeah April 15th uh, Target's 10th year anniversary and uh, on this show they're going to be launching their women's title so it's the debut uh, of their women's belt and somebody's going to be winning that so lots and lots and lots of exciting things happening in and outside of the podcast gentlemen thank you very much for letting me get through all that heavy lifting business malarkey and we should get on <laughs> with the podcast uh, I mean we're, we're over a hundred over 100 episodes in now you know we're pretty versatile you know we're, we're rolling with the punches yeah, yeah. don't worry don't worry lads i know how to kick things off i know how to kick things off i'll get things rolling don't worry i'll get things rolling <laughs> oh. <laughs> welcome back to the blue army podcast this is of course episode 100 and one and I am absolutely buzzing to be joined by the two men I call the Cumbrian Brain Trust. That's right. Liam and Wills are here. Hey. Back again. Back again, <laughs> lads. Back again. Well, it's, you know, we had, we've been we've been having a couple of guests and stuff join us recently. So it's it, you know, it might be a nice turn of pace just to have the three of us again. <laughs> But uh, we gave a go to an Instagram live last night, a uh, bit of a pre-Bradford build-up. And uh, obviously we've staggered the podcast a little bit differently this week because, you know, we normally record on a Monday night and we thought, well, since Stevenage was a bit of a nil-nil snore, then we'll we'll, we'll we'll leave recording until a bit later in the week so we can also cover the Bradford game because, you know, that'll be an exciting yeah. fixture. And um, we'll go on to talk about that. <laughs> yeah, I mean... You know, it wasn't as you know, it was more exciting a, a match than the Stevenage game, but uh, 
<laughs> yeah, it was yeah we've left game. it. We've left it to cover two games, and we still don't have a single. Goal <laughs> <No>. to speak <laughs> <about>. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, we don't have a single goal to talk about, though. Um, but what we do have, gentlemen, is traditions. We have games, and we have at this time of the show. You know what it's time for. It's time to set the whole show off on the right kind of trajectory with the Blue Army podcast joke of the week. Is he? <laughs> I think he's trying to. It's the Blue, Blue Army, Army podcast. Right, boys, let's kick things off. Let's kick things off. Right, let's kick things off. What do you call a man? That has lost his car. I don't know. Liam, no. We can't guess, no, gonna, try and guess no, this I've, one. But... I've been trying to do that recently. I can't yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you get more enjoyment out of trying to guess the punch. Yeah. yeah. Right. What do you call a man who has lost his car? His name is Carlos. Oh. Hey. <laughs> I, had to, I had to rewrite that joke. I didn't feel comfortable with the original version of that joke. The original, the original version, of, the original version of the joke was what do you call a Spaniard that lost his car, and I just didn't think it was necessary. Uh... <laughs> I just didn't feel comfortable zeroing on it, and then I said, I just didn't think it was necessary. I think it works either way. And uh, anyway, to get be past... called Carlos. <laughs> exactly. Anyone can be called Carlos. It doesn't have to be a Spaniard. You know, it just felt like it was one of those sort of like, you know, with a cigar in your mouth kind of jokes. This Spaniard <laughs> came in with my wife and said, you know, and I, I like how you told it now. Yeah. <laughs> People know what it was. Yeah. But now, 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 now at least they can think that I've got some kind of like moral compass and decided to avoid. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't have mentioned anything. But boys, no, it's time for you to, to pipe up and mention a few things because it's time for the League to Roundup where we get to find out what's happening here. What's happening there? It's the League to Roundup with Wills and Liam. Right, who's kicking uh, things off this week, boys? Um, Well, we haven't really had a chance to coordinate um, so oh, I've got some oh, things. I don't know if you've got things. Liam? A couple of managerial seconds. But do you just want to do that kind do of news want... and I'll do the table? Um, yeah, if you want. Yeah, I don't know if you want to do managerial sacking. Um, well, who else have we got? Because Mickey Mellon's been sacked. Well, that's, um, what, that's what I was on about. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I guess Tramia uh, expect more. They've been a bit kind of just mid-table not really done anything this season. They had a very good defence for a while, but they don't even seem to have that anymore. Um, so their season's kind of drifted. Dr- Dr- he got them promoted, uh, well, back-to-back promotions in his first spell, but it's not quite gone well. You know, it's not quite gone the same for him since coming back, and he's been sacked. Um, and... I think, yeah, Carl Robinson, um, former MK Dons and Oxford, is the front runner for Tranmere. Um, and also with Mickey Mellon on the market now, are there any clubs down the bottom who might? Have Hartlepool brought in a new manager yet? The bottom end of the table. Mm, yeah. Um, yes. Yeah, I can't remember who they brought in now, but yeah, they do have a manager. Um, is oh, it right. 
Yeah, Artel. Oh no, it's ASCII. They've got John yeah, ASCII. Yeah. Nice. Okay. 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 So a few seconds happening. A few seconds happening. Anything else going on before we jump onto um, the league table? Yeah. So Grimsby's Cup run came to an end. They got beat five one at Brighton, which you know, given that Brighton are one of the top teams in the Premier League this season, and they've they've become the first fourth tier team to beat. Was it five from divisions above them? So they've done very well. Um, obviously, we saw when we played them that maybe, you know, one eye was on that FA Cup run, but now that's over. Um, again, another mid-table team. I don't think they really have to look over their shoulders. So, um, you know, most of the fun of their season's now gone out of it. Um, there were some unsavoury chants, and we don't know what they were from Colchester fans, but they were directed at... Uh, Leighton Orient fans and we're relating to former boss Justin Edinburgh who passed away a few years ago just after getting Leighton Orient promoted back into the league. Jesus, talking about naughty fans, did Paul you guys Chester, see the video? They've got a specific problem there. Did yeah. you, guys, do you guys, talking about naughty fans, did you guys see yeah. the video of the, the West Ham fans doing a line off his head? No. Like in the middle of the London <laughs> stadium. It's gone viral. It's, it's, a line off just... someone else's head. Yeah, yeah, it's like a bald guy standing in front of him and like he taps out like he taps out some powder on his head and then he asks the guy behind him for a note. And then like and, like, and, the, and, and, and like they're, they're, they all think it's hilarious and stuff, but just like a split second before he snorts before he snorts the line, you can see like, you know, it's a stadium, so like th- there's families and stuff around them. Yeah. You can just see like a very disapproving sort of like woman in the background, just be like, what the hell is going on here? But yeah, I thought it was worth mentioning. <laughs> well, it was worth mentioning talking about naughty fans. Uh, sorry, Will. <laughs> Carry on, mate. <laughs> no, that's okay. Um, yeah, I mean that's that's the only other news that I've got. Um, I think Liam's done some stuff about the table and results and things. So move on to right. see what you've got to say. See what I've got to say. I've, I just want to focus on Crawley because we've slipped. <laughs> A little bit of a revival. Yeah. Wouldn't beaten in the last three. They've won two and drawn one. Um, absolute class from them. They beat Wimbledon on Saturday. Um, yeah. And hold on, what did they do yesterday? Like it was, Wimbledon uh, are on like really poor form. So yeah, and they drew to Doncaster. And Doncaster yeah. are a decent enough team. Yeah, they could stay up, you know, Crawley. And it's all come from when their owner travelled over from America to see what was going on. Yeah, uh, they're two points outside the relegation zone, but they've got a game in hand on them too. And obviously, yeah. when you're on that side of this table, games in hand don't really mean that much. But if you're on a sort of winning run, like they're on, or just, I suppose not getting beat, uh, it, it, it can it can mean a lot. I mean, uh, I've been draws. Um, yeah. And Rochdale have had a couple of decent results uh, recently. They've won one, lost one, drawn one. And I remember they had uh, was it Leighton Orient, Stevenage, and Carla all in a row. Oh, uh, sorry, was it? Yeah, them. Four. Yeah. And then they had Northampton as well. So they've they've played a lot of the top teams and they're getting a few good results out of it. Uh, and you just look up a little bit above that, and Colchester, who have like lost for the last five, um, Harrogate have been good all season. I think the relegation zone with them sort of bottom three teams starting to come into it a little bit more, it's made it a little bit wide open. You know, Crew have lost their last uh, three. You know that they're, they're how many points are they off? They're uh, yeah, to be fair, they're eleven points off. But at this point in the season, you, just, you don't know, do you? With them sort of thing. Yeah, they're the, they're the teams when you look at the bottom of the table, they're in bad form. 
Yeah, I mean, Gillingham is still down there. They went on that great run to get off the bottom of the table, but they've kind of plateaued out a bit now, and they're not getting such great results anymore. Yeah, well, so... Crew was they beat Crew mm. um, a Tuesday, so uh, so they they do not right. They lost to Warsaw, and they obviously beat uh, uh, Tranmere in what was one of the games that got uh, Mickey Mellon sacked. Yeah, but I think. I think Julian, I think they should really be down there with some of the players they've got and some of the, you know, them just dropping down from League One. There's always one that drops yeah. down and almost goes straight back down again. Uh, but yeah, and some of the other Saturday <laughs> matches, we had Bradford drawn 2 2 with Hartlepool, you Ooh. know, a result that really helped us. Uh, obviously, Crawley beat Wimbledon, Carl Drew, and only with Stephen Edgeham, she'll go on and talk about that. Harrogate did actually get a win over Barra, which is hilarious. Uh, Leighton Orient <laughs> drew 2 2 at Colchester, yeah. Northampton beat Crew. Rochdale and Swindon third out a four four draw. They've got all the goals that have gone out of our games. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and something to note as well, Charlie Austin, their striker, scored four goals for Swindon. Imagine yeah, wow. scoring yeah. four goals and not getting three points. Like you you've <laughs> scored... uh Salford beat Doncaster three one, Stockport drew one one with Mansfield. That's an that's a kind of result that when we look at that because they're two teams up near yeah. us at the minute. You could maybe hope for a Mansfield win, but I suppose a draw is a decent result for everyone else at the top of the table with them two both sort of pushing right up there. It's a little yeah. bit of a derby as well. They're both around the same area. Uh, Tranmere lost to Newport, you know, another game that <laughs> probably didn't look kindly on Mickey Mellon. Uh, and Warsaw mm. beat Gillingham. And then obviously we'd, uh, we're covering um Tuesday. Nil, Carlisle nil, Crawley one, Doncaster one, and Gillingham two, Crew one. Yeah, so yeah. like some of those games affected mostly mid-table teams, but like you say, Crew could get sucked into it because um, Crawley had those games in hand, and we were saying like you know games in mm. hand don't really count for them. You know they won two of them, so yeah. now they're kind of like in. The well, they're fight. out of the relegation zone now. Yeah, Crawley. and I mean the other thing I noticed about the table is I don't know what you think, but. Um, a bit of a gap forming between the top four and the rest. Yeah. Um, Bradford have now drawn four in a row. Stockport have only won one of the last mm. five. Uh, three of the last five, but um, you know they were a bit behind. Yeah, that's the problem with them. They just, I think they yeah. left it a bit too late. And then Mansfield seemed to be on. Not that great form since beating us. Um, if you talk to the Mansfield fans, they think they're having a bit of a injury crisis or they disagree mm-hmm. with some of Nigel Clough's tactical choices. And um, yeah, so there's now a five point gap between Bradford and Northampton. Um, we've still, you know, we've got Northampton coming up soon. So an interesting one to look out for as well. Sutton, yeah, and I think. Whoever wins that could have a real say in like trying to get them promotion places, them sort of uh, playoff places, because they're yeah. only what three, four points off. Uh, Barrow just below them. I think they're a little bit cut adrift now. Yeah. Sutton, Mansfield, and Salford, because Salford are up and down. Them three, I think, are going to fight, have a real good fight out for that last place. And I think whoever wins between Mansfield and Sutton, you know, that could be a massive, massive game Ooh. for looking at them playoff places. Hmm. So things are really... And some are a weird one as well because they've just they've come into the league. 
Yeah, I've got to say, do we need to move on? <laughs> no, 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 like, you know, it's, it's certain, certain, you know, it, there is always a team that when they come up, they, they hit the ground running and they always look like a bit of a threat and, and they always end up doing well. You know, it's not unheard of to get back-to-back promotions from the conference out of League Two into League One, uh, as as we would all remember as Carlisle fans. Uh, but, you know, we're the only team that has done it in, in the last decade, you know, there's, I think there's been another team that have at least done it. There we go, yeah, there we go. So it's not completely unheard of, you know, and the, the gap between the conference and, well, the top end of the conference and uh, and, the, and, the, and the sort of like the playoffs of, of yeah. League Two, that gap just keeps getting shorter and shorter every year with your investments, with your, your Wrexhams and your, I mean, Harrogate yeah. had a big investment before they came up. Barrow got new investment before they came up. You know, these, these, these guys are getting taken over with new owners and being able to plough money into the team. And it isn't that much of a, a distance, you know, from, from one division to the next. And um, makes it a nice competitive league at the moment. It's a very entertaining league uh, to be keeping an eye on. So I really appreciate the fact that you two keep doing that for me and the Blue Army podcast listeners, because that means we get to find out what's been happening here. What's been happening there with the League 2 Roundups with Liam and Will. Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you very much. Right. I was going to dive into a bit of Carlisle United related news and there isn't necessarily uh, a whole lot of it. There was two uh, Cumbrian lads that were called up to the under 21 squad. I'm talking about James Trafford and Jared Branthwaite. Uh, But Branthwaite has recently pulled out of that under 21s squad and uh, so he won't be uh, making his under 21s debut, I believe. I don't think he's made the under 21s cap yeah, I'm pretty sure he's been involved under 19s and under 20s level, uh, but not under 21s yeah. just yet. I might be wrong. Um, but in other news, gentlemen, there isn't a lot of it because we've had two games in a short amount of time. Um, so just before we dive into uh, the the match report and before we dive into true blue or not a blue, you know, everybody's second favourite game. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I thought it'd be fun to revive an old feature <laughs> that we had on the podcast. It's time for a bit of Lone Watch. You know, it's been a while since we've actually checked in with some of the young lads that are out on loan uh, around the leagues. And I thought it'd be a nice opportunity for us to catch up to see how some of those lads have been getting on. We'll start with uh, the fish, you know, the man who started uh, Lone Watch, really. The man who's yeah. the man who we, we credit to uh, keep, keep an interest on men on loan. And unfortunately, have you still got was... the sound effect? I mean, like, I'm sure, I'm sure I can find it on YouTube again. <laughs> Sound effects garden, whatever it was called. <laughs> fish, fish out of water noise. I'm sure I can find it again. I'm sure I can find it again. Uh, but it was an un- unused substitute for Morpeth in a game where I believe they came from 3-0 down to actually win 4-3 in the end. Sam Fishburne was an unused substitute. And uh, unfortunately... It's been happening a bit like that for Sam uh, over at Morpeth. You know, he, he's had a, a little run of starts and he did score a couple of goals and he continued to start a few games. But unfortunately, it's the competitive nature of football and uh, he, he's found himself on the bench more often than not recently and um, struggling to sort of reignite that form that we were talking about this time last year or, you know, a bit, bit further ago, maybe 18 months ago when he was at Lancaster. Uh, another man who's out on loan, um, arguably at one of the lowest levels is uh, Lewis Bell. He's at Gretna 08 and he scored 
in one of their games while he played a full 90 minutes. Now, that long spell seems to be going quite well for Lewis Bell, but it's Lowlands, Highlands, Scotlands. I'll take the Lowland road, you take the Highland road, and I'll win the league before you. Um, you know, it's a bit of a bit of a Mickey Mouse league. So um, it's for a 20-year-old, which Lewis Bell is, he's not a teenager. He's <laughs> not a teenager for a 20-year-old that Lewis Bell is. You know, it's it's it, it's good that he's doing well at that level because yeah. if he wasn't, he'd be fucked. You know, like to put it politely, yeah. <laughs> well, not to put it pol- yeah. to put it bluntly, if he wasn't scoring goals and playing ninety minutes at that level, he'd be screwed. He's a twenty-year-old and he's at Carlisle United. Moving on. I mean, uh, Matt- a- yeah. Well, Annan, Annan, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So we'll move on to somebody who is at Annan and uh, maybe you know was one of those sort of like cheeky little uh, kind of like, listen, I've set you up with mocks. Can I have one of your boys in on loan kind of deals? <laughs> We're talking about Matt Gillespie. He's been playing a lot of centre back alongside former Carlisle United uh, youth protégé centre-back Stephen Swindlehurst. And uh, they're third in the league at the moment, Annan. So very competitively fighting for a playoff position and an opportunity at promotion, which is consistent with how uh, Peter Murphy has been handling things since he's taken over at Annan. I think he has had a bit of a blip in his five, six years that he's had there where maybe he hasn't quite made the playoffs and sort of got nowhere near them. But he always seems to be able to build a competitive squad and they just keep to be seem to be missing out on those promotion places. But uh, I think that's a good level for Max Gillespie to be playing at. Unfortunately, though, as what you kind of remember from Peter Murphy, he was a bit of a bit of a cutthroat character, you know. Uh, there was that time where he he didn't sign his contract until really late, and he was quite blatant about you know maybe looking at better opportunities and things like that. He's a straightforward bloke, and I'll be honest with you, and he's a sort of manager that will take a centre back off after forty five minutes, which is what he did to Max Gillespie this week at Annan. Um, and uh, it, it's a running theme, to be honest, because the same thing happened to Kai Nugent at Workington. He was taken off after 45 minutes as well. Um, it's good to see Kai Newton. That's a, that was a loan that was sort of like made, I think, in February. He's only been there for a, for a couple of weeks. It's one of those YTS loans where he's still training with the club on a daily basis. Danny Granger has been coming into the club and working with the youth team and Mark Birch and the setup coaching staff around the Carlisle United under-18s. So he's had a good look at Kai before he brought him into Workington. So he was obviously rated quite highly. And uh, maybe it's just one of those games where a 17-year-old just couldn't really get on the ball enough and get involved. And he needed a more experienced man to come in or maybe he needed a change of formation. I'm not going to read too much into that one. Dan Hill. Remember Dan Hill, lads? Dan Hill? He's a youth team mm, goalkeeper. No. Goalkeeper, yeah. Oh. Yeah, youth team goalkeeper. Um, he was at Cleetermore Celtics. And uh, it, it says that he was a part of the team on the match report. So I assume that means that he was he started. Uh, so, I mean, I mean that's good. <laughs> but unfortunately, he conceded four times and uh, Cleetermore lost 4-3. Um, obviously, you can't blame Dan by if you've not looked at the game you know <laughs> his defence might have been awful uh, we don't know and uh, I do believe that Scott Simmons is is on loan at Carlisle City but there was nothing about that in, in, in the report nothing about Scott Simmons as well well we know they got beat by Workington because we had the when we were watching the Bradford game there was updates oh yeah there. yeah so 
So, I mean, like, yeah, but in terms of like on the weekend and things like that, I'm not sure how he necessarily got on or if he was a part of the a part of the team or anything. I haven't seen uh, any sort of progress to do with his loan spell at Carlisle City. And uh, I mean, that was fun. That's the loan report. Now everybody knows how the loan lads are getting on. You kind of forgot that's, you know, it's one, two, three, four, five. There's, there's yeah, six, six players out on loan at the moment. Um, so it, it's nice. It's nice to see. Carlisle utilising, networking, and uh, I think that's a credit to Simpson and Abbott and probably uh, Birchie and a lot of the youth coaches as well to be able to network and get those players out on loan because, uh, yeah, it's important first-team football. Most of them are doing really well. But unfortunately, lads, you know, like I said about Sam Fishburne, he's, what, 20 now, not hitting the ground running at his level, like we always said about Max um, Lewis Bell. He needs to be hitting the ground at that level. It's going to be interesting come the summer to see who's still here and who's not, isn't it? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. See who gets given the next uh, another chance. Right, I'd... gentlemen. Would you I'm give Killsby a chance? Would you give Killsby a chance and maybe yeah, let some of the. I'd, I'd, Performing well, he's still on the first sort of like the first season of going out and playing, yeah. Football isn't he? Obviously, like Fishburne's maybe three seasons now, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I think Max could definitely come back and sort of like see between pre-season. You know, I don't, I don't. You, you'd want to be able to size him up against the Corey Whelan and a Ben Barkley, and you know, see how he gets yeah. on, sort of like competing with those kind of guys, and see where he comes in the pecking order. You've got to give him that opportunity, I'd say. So you definitely give him another year. I mean, I give him another year anyway. And as as evidence has already proved. Annan isn't really that bad of a level to be uh, getting talent from. And <laughs> he <laughs> uh, seems to be doing quite well over there. Gentlemen, something you've been doing quite well at, but not being able to hit a full house in just yet. Not a four out of four anyway. <laughs> through blue or not a blue. Dilly, 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 do. That's right, gentlemen. It's time for true blue or not a blue. This week's theme, gentlemen, is 19... 19- 76. That's right. The year okay. after nice. the the, uh, the Premier League uh, the, or the first division season, the 74-75 season, we're talking about the 75-76 season this time. And they either played in that squad or I've completely made their names up. Gentlemen, are you ready to play? True blue or not a blue? Diddly, 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 do. Right, first one, gentlemen. Dennis Martin. Sorry, uh, I didn't hear that. Dennis who? Dennis Martin. I don't know. Um, Instinct says made up. Yeah, okay, we'll go with that. (laughs) (laughs) All right, boys, we're going with made up. You're saying not a blue. Dennis Martin. Dennis Martin was a blue boy. Ah. I'm sorry. You've got off to another bad start this week, just like you did last week. But hopefully things will improve for you. The second one, gentlemen. Rory Clark. That's real. Oh, yeah. real. <laughs> going with real. Rory Clark's real. Gentlemen. Yeah, you've got a good instinct, yeah. 
things are going from bad to worse because oh, no. oh, Jesus. it's a completely made up football, I'm afraid. Sorry. Can we get a clean that's... sheet of losses? Oh no, we haven't done it. Yeah, yeah, come on. <laughs> is, is it four again? This might be the worst. This might be the worst. It's four again, four again, but we'll move on. We'll move on, okay. gentlemen. Raymond Train. Yeah, Train. Oh, there's always yeah, one every week, people... isn't there? I've heard people remember when you hear about, yeah, Pete, you know, the All old right. timers talk about Ray Train. Ray Train. Yeah. Was a blue. Well <laughs> done. Well done. And the last one this week, gentlemen, William Green. That sounds William believable. Green. Sounds believable. And Ray Train passes it to William Green. And <laughs> <laughs> William Green takes Martin. it down the ring. To the... <laughs> Should we go? Yeah. I mean, my instinct for William Green is that, yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. We'll that. We're saying William Green was a blue. And he was a blue gentleman. So oh, got it back. Got yeah, back. Redemption. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, redemption. Yeah, there was definitely redemption arc to that story. Like, there was definitely redemption arc to that story. It's always fun every week, gentlemen. True blue or not a blue. Diddly, 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 do. You'll get that clean sheet one week, lads. You will. You will. You will. We'll keep going until you get that clean sheet. Uh, anyway, we're going to move on uh, to uh, the Stevenage game first, gentlemen, as we I always we do. We a clean the- sheet. Oh, I need a four out of four clean sheet. You've had a three out of three. Oh. And and then we made things more difficult for you. Yeah, it's too easy. Three out of three was too easy. You can fluke a three out of three. I'm not saying you did. I'm just saying you you weren't happy. No, no, no. So I made it more difficult for you. And uh, yeah, so hopefully next week will be the week that you guys hit your clean sweep. Your four out of four. But gentlemen, we'll move on by diving into the first of our two match reports. Um, it is, firstly, the weekend's game against Stevenage Town. And I'll give you the Carlisle United starting lineup for the game, which had Hoyley in goal, Senior, Feeney, Huntington, Mellish and Armour across the back line. McCalmont, Guy and Moxon in the midfield with Garner and Patrick up front. Uh, I do believe he stuck with this, this formation. Um the, the same 11 from the last game? Yeah, yeah, I think it was. Yeah, it was. Yeah. yeah, so uh, evident once again that Paul Simpson, um, you know, will will stick rather than twist when his team has had a pretty good game. And uh, to be fair, you know, we, 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 we didn't look terrible in the first half, I don't think. And, uh, you know, so there didn't really seem to be any reason to change things up. There was a couple of opportunities, and the first of which we'll talk about was the offside. Um, ball was sort of like uh, one back in the midfield and then flicked into the box. Feeney had managed to head it across goal, and Garner uh, managed to dive in with his head uh, and headed the ball home. Unfortunately, Feeney was the man in the offside position when he laid the ball across goal. I think there was a little bit of confusion about that. But, it, you know, it was good play. And uh, Carlisle in the first half were, were pretty good value for money, wouldn't you say, Liam? Yeah, I thought, I thought we were by far the better team in the first half. And I think, look, looking back, it was marginally offside. But I think a lot of League Two linesmen don't give that as an offside. Like, I've, you know, I've, I've seen some blatant offsides not given. That wasn't 
massively offside. And look, it was offside. It, sh- it should have been given as an offside. But I'm just saying, a-, a lot of the times that probably would have counted as a goal and we'd be just sort of brushing past it saying, oh, it was a little bit offside, but we'll, we'll leave that for now. But uh, yeah, I think we were the better team. I think Stevenage were a little bit shocked by us, but they were time-wasting for a minute one, Stevenage. I think they maybe showed us a little bit too much respect. I, I, I think they were kind of messing with the referee. I think they were testing the waters more with the referee than they were messing with us to see what they yeah, could get I mean, away with early in the game. Go on, well. I think that's just like their game plan. That's how they like games to be. Scrappy, bitty, stop, start. Suits suits them, suits their style of football, which is just long ball. They don't want it. You know, they don't want the ball in play for long periods of time. And, you know, I think that's just what they came to do. And it's frustrating. I think we were better in the first half. Yeah, it was frustrating. But I mean, what was really frustrating is that things seemed to kind of start working for them more uh, in the second half. And that's when Paul Simpson changed a few things up. And uh, Ryan Edmondson uh, was one of the substitutions that came on. And they really, really impressed a lot of Carlisle fans with it, with literally just this acceleration. I think he caught a couple of Stevenish defenders uh, off off guards. And uh, there was definitely a moment where I think it was Heaton that was through. And uh, he was brought down and there was a lot of shouts for a red card. Wills, uh, do you remember this incident? You would have been in the Warwick. You would have been pretty close to it, seeing Edmore trying to come through on goal there. I mean, is yeah. it one of those ones that it's a red card or is it one of those ones when sometimes you see them given, sometimes you don't? I I, I just think it was a blatant red card. Um, there's other Stevenage defenders in the vicinity, but not close enough that I think they're going to prevent Edmo getting a shot away. So I think for that reason, it's a red card. I think the referees maybe thought in the back of his head, I don't know whether those players make it not a clear goal scoring opportunity, but from where I was sat, it looked like if it, and it was the cynicism of the pullback as well. Well, they're just kind of like shouldered him out the way or kind of hit him in the mid it's sort of in the midriff and you know no attempt to play the ball and sometimes I think like just the pure cynicism of it should make the referee air towards a red card but he didn't he only showed the yellow which I presume is because there were some defenders around but like I say I don't think those defenders were getting back I think it was a clear goal scoring opportunity and it was a very cynical challenge and uh, you could argue, Liam, that it wasn't the only mistake that the referee made on the game. We don't make a habit about complaining about referees here on the Blue Army podcast, but there's definitely a case to be said that this referee's sort of leniency and inconsistencies definitely played in favour of Stevenage. Yeah, I think especially the one with Paul Huntington where he's literally had his shirt pulled off. Um, and it's not been given as a penalty. I just, I think he just wasn't strong enough, or like, so he didn't have the balls to make big decisions. Like, he, he gives so many little petty fouls, but he won't give the decisions when it really matters, like that one-on-one uh, where Edmondson yeah. was fouled, which was a blatant red. And I think, I think with that as well, I'd kind of respect it if he gave nothing. You know, like if he if he just said that's not a foul, I'd have kind of been okay with that. It's the fact that. If that's a foul, then it's a red. You can't go somewhere yeah. in between. Uh, and then, and and the one with Paul Huntington, he, I, I thought it was really funny how Huntington didn't put his shirt back on just to make the point yeah. that he has <laughs> had his shirt pulled off. Yeah, it's like from where I was, it was like at the other end of the pitch. I could just see 
So him like walking him around. With his own, yeah, it's like what is he, <laughs> just walking around with his just just sleeves, but nothing over his chest. <laughs> I, I didn't see the just to make a point. So like, yeah, <laughs> but that was a blatant penalty, and I think there was another couple handballs that we on another day we could have been given a penalty for, but the referee just he, he didn't have the. It just didn't have the the balls to make them big decisions, and it, I saw it a lot as well. There was an instance where there was a bit of a scrap in the middle of the pitch between all the players, and you want your referee to go over and sort of be in the middle of that and sort try and sort that out as best they can. And he turned his back on it and walked towards an injured player on the other side of the pitch. Like you can't fair play if yeah. you don't want to like, if if you think you're at danger in that situation, but don't turn your back and walk away from it and completely ignore it. Yeah, yeah, it did. It did. It did. It, it something very it similar in the first half yeah, as well. Happens. Yeah, it did something yeah, similar in the had, first. He had just with the, with Fe, with Feeney, the two number fives, then number five and Feeney went at it, and they both ended up getting yellow cards for it in the end. But it it, it was that yeah. um, Pergiani that I can't stand, Carl Pergiani. Um, yeah, him and Pergiani Feeney. Went, him, go on. Was it Pergiani who also pulled Huntington's shirt off? Um, I think, I think they, 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 from the size of them and what I remember from the first half anyway, is that um, the number six was on our number six, so Hunt was on their number six. Yeah. And then Feeney was on Gianni, their number five. It was kind of, it was matched up like that, but mainly yeah. because their number six was huge and like obviously Hunt is our biggest defender. So that's yeah. the reason they kind of matched up because there was a moment in the, in, in the second half where, for some reason, Armour was on their number six, yeah. marking their number six. And, like, mm. he, he just got a clear header on goal. And, and it went through. And, like, I literally, like, I, I, I really hope that, like, you know, no one really heard or anything. But I was like, why the hell is Pumps marking him? <laughs> like, why, <laughs> why, why is Jack on the number six? Like, why have you swapped that round? Like, no, 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 no. You need the biggest guy on the biggest guy. Because that's, that's you know, that's where a lot of their goals will be coming from. You know, literally just them set-piece yeah. players, because that's what they were doing in the second half, lads, isn't it? They were playing for these set-pieces, and any time that we kind of had an opportunity to go through, they, yeah. they were just blatantly trying to foul us down, weren't they? You know, like, blatantly just trying to stop it in the tracks, try and make a foul around the halfway line, so then the delivery in the box isn't going to be, you know, spectacular, so you can quash any kind of attacks before they get to happen. That that was their routine, don't you think, Well. Yeah, and you know, to be fair, the referee, you know, to be fair to the referee, he wasn't kind of like buying some of their rolling around, and he did give us free kicks when they fouled, but it didn't kind of get on top of the fact that there were just so many. I, th- I reckon they could have had seven or more players booked just for consistent fouling. Um, mm-hmm. you know, you talk about the kind of incident with Feeney. Um, he just kind of did that thing where he kind of stands off for a bit and then when it's all over, book one player on each side and let mm. things continue. Um, but all in yeah. all, on the B- on the BBC match stats, uh, Carlisle made 11 fouls and Stevenage made 12 fouls. So that's 23 altogether. So yeah. over a game of football, that's a foul like every four minutes. Yeah. Then you've got corner kicks, throw-ins, like the amount of stoppages in that game. Yeah, well, there were Stevenage players just going down injured um, and the referee stopping the game uh, because he of the injury. stopped it every time yeah, as well, didn't and, they? Yeah. yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, and plan. Um, they don't, you know, they're not... Uh, a team that are good at passing it about keeping possession short, so they don't want it to be that kind of game. 
Yeah, it's meant to be a yeah. game made up of, like, say, set pieces and long balls and things. And, you know, I don't think they really threatened us that much. So, you know, I think we were, like, well on top of their attacking threat, other than, I think, a couple of dicey moments. But yeah, it's, 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 been, it's been a couple of frustrating games, and we'll go on to talk about the Bradford game in just a second. But first, we'll just quickly give our man of the matches for the Stevenage game. Liam, who do you want to give your man of the match to for Carlisle's game against Stevenage? Very difficult question. <laughs> look good. This is just me trying to remember. Callum Guy. Callum Guy. Yeah. Um, I have to agree with you, actually. Callum Guy stood out for me as well. His work, his work rate has been really good uh, over the last couple of games. And uh, it, in these clean sheets, you can really see evidence of his, his defensive display as well. And uh, that's built been impressing me. So Callum Guy's consistency. Yeah. I'm going to give him the man of match for Stevenage as well. Will? Um, yeah, I'm going to also give man of the match to a ginger player for their defensive play, uh, Morgan Feeney. <laughs> <laughs> Which I mean, like that's you know that's something we did good in our match. We kind of restricted Stevenage well, and I'm giving Feeney the man of the match for his part in that. Yeah, all right, okay. I thought we were going to have a full house there, but uh, you, you turned on us on the last minute and you've gone for Feeney. And deservedly <laughs> so, deservedly so, deservedly so. Right, gentlemen, last night we all got together and watched the Bradford game and the starting lineup that we were lucky enough to discuss on Instagram Live featured Thomas Hoyley in goal, Senior Barkley, Feeney, Mellish, and Armour across the back line. Guy McCalmont Moxon in the midfield and Dennis and Edmondson up front. So changes are plenty uh, for the midweek game, gentlemen. Ben Barkley coming in because of an abdominal injury that was uh, Paul Huntington picked up against Stevenage. And uh, perhaps just Dennis and Edmondson, you'd imagine that was the game plan all along. You would have thought that those kind of the players kind of knew. You guys are playing, starting against uh, Stevenage and you two are going to be starting against Bradford. And so, like, you know, it gives them a better chance to sort of, like, zero in and watch sort of, like, extra video footage on certain defenders and, and things like that. Not necessarily too many surprises once you've got your head around the fact that Paul Huntington was injured. We were discussing on Instagram Live, though, Liam, that you prefer you would have preferred to see Whelan come in instead of Barkley after his performance... Do you still believe that? Yeah, I think Barkley had an okay first half, but then I think he was a bit of a liability in the second. I think, look, Cordy Whelan's just been so consistent whenever we've needed him, and I think that's what I like about him. He's okay with sort of being that next in line to the back three. Like, he could come in and cover any of those positions. And I was a little bit disappointed seeing Ben Barkley come back because... Corey Whelan, whenever he's been needed, has been consistent every single time for a longer period of time than when Ben Barkley's been there. And he, he's like poor Paul Huntington in the past. You know, you think it's towards the start of the season when Huntington was injured, it was always Whelan that came in for him. Mm-hmm. I just I just rate Whelan very highly and I'm not convinced of Ben Barkley quite yet. Um, plus, he's just come back from injury. I, I know it's not really anything to judge because it was just a match about fitness, but... I don't think it was particularly good against Workit and Reds when I saw them in the County Cup. Obviously, that was literally just after he'd come back from injury, and that was a match just to get his match fitness back. But coming back from the injury doesn't convince me, and I think if you want to go first 
destroy crucial game as as Bradford. You start wheeling because he's he's the, he's proven he's the he's, you know he's he's the done thing in that situation. I think the main thing with um, Barkley's well in the second half was he picked up that yellow card and it was a yellow yeah. card for a professional foul. So you know what James Phillips refers to as an amber card. <laughs> so it, you know it kind of made me feel that the referee would be quite harsh on him if he fouled again like it wouldn't take him much to get a second yellow card just because he was skirting so was close yeah he was skirting yeah. fairly close to a red card the first time um so that you know that have affected his game he still got a couple of decent tackles in in the second half where i was kind of thinking they would stay on his feet and not risk it so i'll commend him for that but i think you know once you know once he'd had that booking i think that was maybe a time to bring Whelan on as it happens bradford didn't score so it's perhaps justified that he left barkley on but yeah yeah but, yeah to be fair i can't slit a defender too much when they've kept a clean sheet It'd be, it'd, be, it'd be interesting to see, um, you know, if, if Hunt is going to be fit and ready to go for uh, this Saturday, because it's it's been told that the injury sometimes takes between seven and ten days. So, like, there's potential that he might not be ready to come into back into the squad for the Saturday game to see if Whelan gets slotted in or if he's going to stay with Barkley. I mean, just think, trying to get into Simo's head and trying to think Simo's way, I think he will stay with Barkley. Um, just because he didn't yeah, he do he yeah. didn't do enough he didn't do enough wrong, did he? And you wouldn't necessarily want to upset that back line. Um, so I'd imagine him sticking with him. You guys both agree with that. So we'll move on uh, to the game itself, lads. And and it, it wasn't a bad game. There wasn't that many shots on goal though to to talk about. So 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 I mean, it only happened last night. Will what was what was it? The competitive nature of the game was it the importance of the game that kept it nervous and edgy? Like you know what what was what was the first half like for you as a viewing experience? We were playing okay, but we weren't we weren't breaking them down. No, I mean I think overall we were well on top and had. penalty area without you know without really fashioning too many shots from it i think both teams defended really well and their defense was more up against it in the first half than ours was um we just you know last ditch tackles blocks um their keeper i think did well um and we didn't really kind of like fashion out any obvious chances. There were a couple of times when I thought we could have fashioned out an obvious chance, but, you know, somebody, you know, the wrong pass was played or a player took a shot when he could have passed it. I think there was one time, I can't remember who took the shot, but someone else was open and, you know, taking the shot. I think Callum Guy had a crack where he could have maybe passed it somewhere else or Mm. Um. Yeah. So it's like I think that's the reason why we didn't we didn't really fashion more. But other than that, I think we were like well on top, and you got to give it to Bradford. Um, their defending in that first half. Difficult team, definitely. You know they got the league's top goal scorer in their side. But uh, Liam, the substitutions that Simpson made in the second half. Uh, obviously, he switched things up with 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 the with the strikers uh, like he's done in the past, and you know just straight up swapping both strikers at the same time. But 
it didn't bring Gibbo on until about the 85th minute. And it was him that had the biggest chance or the closest chance of the game in literally the last couple of seconds of the game. Before we talk about that particular opportunity, you may be surprised that Gibson wasn't in the starting lineup. And then also a little bit aggrieved by the fact that he wasn't introduced to the game a bit earlier when I, I would argue that it was evident that Carlisle needed more of a dribbling midfielder, a ball running midfielder rather than a ball playing midfielder. And I feel like that, that, that change just came a little bit too late. Yeah, I can understand him not starting Gibson because he's sort of settled on this new midfield free of Guy Mox and McCalmont. Um But especially against Bradford, a team that Gibson is definitely going to want to have a good performance against and has yeah. done in the past. You know, I'd expect him to come on. What did he come on? Like 82nd or something like that. So it was very yeah. late on anyways. And he yeah. showed that he does have something about him when he came on and obviously had that chance. I think Paul Simpson, upon reflection, probably thinks could have made that a little bit sooner. Uh, maybe took, hypothetically as well, in that first half when we dominate, need to focus on our defence as much, maybe take Joel Senior off and put Gibson, that sort of right sort of right wing-back role that he's played before, to maybe go a little bit more attack and maybe don't put him in the midfield. Uh, but I'd, I'd, I'd have definitely done it around the 60th, 70th minute, maybe when he changed the strikers, make that change as well. Um but it, it it it's a difficult one because he's got so many quality players. You know, it's difficult to fit them all into the team. Like you look at all that midfield three. I think all three of them are really really good players. It, it'd be harsh to take any of them off. Uh, but yeah, maybe just do it a little bit sooner, and you know, maybe maybe it would have been. Different. Yeah, I mean, hindsight hindsight's one of those things, isn't it? And, uh, you know, in Simo, we definitely do trust. We definitely do. Uh, but poetry and football go hand in hand. And it would have been poetry if Gibbo got the goal, wouldn't it? Like, it would have been sheer magic. Mm. And uh, it would have just been one of those glorious moments in football if it did happen. But unfortunately, it was another nil-nil win. And when you put that... With the nil-nil that we had against Stevenage, it makes the next game a bit... Well, I, I would say a must-win game, to be fair, you know. Um, we need the three points for us to be staying uh, securely within the automatic promotion places against Gillingham. And uh, just before we do our predictions for the Gillingham game, gentlemen, I'll ask you for your man of the matches for the game. Against yeah. Bradford. So, Wills, you can go first this time, mate. Uh, who stood out for you in the Bradford game and why? Um, it's a really difficult one to pick a man of the match for because I don't I don't think anyone had a bad game. I think a lot of us, a lot of our players had a good game. As a team, it was you know, despite the lack of goals, one of our better performances of late, because Bradford did play well themselves. Uh, but it's just trying to think, did anyone do anything that stands out to me? Uh, who you know, who had the best game I thought? Um, so only just, but I'm giving it... Yeah, I thought he was our best player in the first half when we were at our best. Liam, who have you gone for? Uh I'm going to go with Owen Moxon because I think he had a, he had a few little good moments in the first half. Pretty pretty much exactly the same reasons that Will has said for McCallum and just with a completely different player. 
Yeah, there was a few players that I was running between. <laughs> I, I know, like I talked to you, I don't even about even giving it to Holy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I think somebody needs to be accredited for keeping that back line together uh, when Hunt was unfortunately forced off with an injury. So my man of the match is going to go to Feeney. Um, you know, he's he's the captain, so he was obviously vocal in pulling that defense back together, trying to get Barkley into you know working position and slotting in seamlessly. And uh, it's not it's not easy because Feeney had to change position as well himself. You know, he had to come into that center of the defensive three and then just instruct you know Ben at the same time um, to be in that in in that, in that defense. And uh, they kept a clean sheet. Against the teams, uh, the league's top goal scorer. So good night at the office for Feeney. And uh, for me, that's going to be enough to give him a Foxes feature man of the match. Now, the Gillingham game, gentlemen, like I said, it's a must win. Uh, so for me, my prediction is oh, I mean, we've been nil nil. It's been hard. So I imagine there's going to be lots and lots of shooting practice this week. And uh, Lots and lots of set piece attacking practice, and Edmo's going to be flying in the air and and nodding balls down. And I think I think it's going to be three 0 to Carlisle. You know, I do. I think it's going to be three 0 to Carlisle. That's what I'm going to go with. Uh, Liam, your prediction for the Gillingham game? Uh, I'm going to go to win a little bit more conservative than that, though. I'm I'm going to go with two one. I think it'll be one of those games where it's like, oh, we've won, but how didn't we score more? You know, where we've missed loads of chances. I'm going to go, yeah, 2-1. <laughs> okay, 2-1, 2-1. A bit more conservative, but a positive result will... Um, I'm going to come I'm going to come down a little more in, in light of our lack of goals in recent games and have us win 1-0. I think some of, uh, some of the uh, momentum behind Gillingham's revival has now gone out a bit. Um, they... Look like they're just cruising towards mid-table now. Um, you know, maybe still have to look over their shoulders a bit if they go into bad form. But I think, I think now, probably they're still decent defensively, um, but and you know, still don't score many goals. Yeah, I'm gonna one nil. One nil, one nil. Okay, okay. Maybe okay. I think it'll be a comfortable one nil, but yeah. <laughs> well, like, I mean, yeah. when you said one nil, it kind of made, and then you started making the comments, it kind of reminded me of, uh, you know, when we played a very informed Colchester not too yeah. very long ago, and obviously beat them by one goals to nil. But it was a really important game, a really big three points. And this is also an important game and a potential really big. Three points, but now, gentlemen, it's your turn to potentially win <laughs> a big three points because get, get player, yeah. come on, get in the player, live game of guessing the player but it was your turn to go first there Liam which means now it's Will's turn to go first and oh. uh, I mean 
Last like, time, lads, it was it was a curveball, wasn't it? You know, on the Instagram mm, live. And yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm still not happy Jones. with that. I'm still not happy with that. <laughs> well, Liam managed to guess it in I two. Know. Uh, so. yeah, if I'd guessed it, I would be happy with it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, the, the way things stand at the moment, Will is in a very good position to be to sort of like extend his lead once again. So. Uh, Without much more being said, we'll get things started for guessing the player, lads. And uh, guess or hint number one is uh, this player scored 11 goals in 79 games for Carlisle United. Uh, 79 games is like two seasons. Um. Not necessarily an eleven goals, five goals a season. So he's a the midfielder who played for us for two seasons. I <laughs> mean generous uh, to our midfielder. I don't know any midfielders that have scored like <laughs> more than six goals a season in a while. Yeah, it could be a sorry. Yeah. Uh, um I'm I'm gonna go with um Ah. <laughs> oh God! Um, I don't know. Tom Tywo. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say Jabbo. <laughs> I, I kept thinking of strikers. And you were gonna kept, panic. Yeah. yeah, I kept kind of thinking of players who scored way more than eleven goals. I'm like, no, let's stop thinking of those players. <laughs> so we've gone with Tom Tywo. Yeah. Liam, you can breathe a sigh of relief, my friend, because it's not on Taiwo. It's not on Taiwo. So, Will, you will not walk away with the three points this week. But, Liam, you got a big opportunity to claw within just one point of Will's. Uh, yeah, this player has scored 11 goals in 79 appearances for Carlisle United. Who do you think it is? Guess that player. Is it Luis Alessandro? It is Lewis Alessandro. Oh. <laughs> it is Lewis oh, I can't I can't say I can't say that I written that it's not like you can see it in the dark anyway. Oh no, that's the thing. The other clues on there, he plays for South Shields now. I haven't got Lewis Alessandro written down, but he plays for South Shields now. And um, he was brought in by Chris Beach with the other clues that you were going to get given. It is Up Lewis until Alessandro. the very last second there, I was going to say Mike Jones. And yeah. then I changed it last minute. <laughs> I was kind of like, I was trying to run Them through squad. sort of like players yeah. that kind of like fit that. And I could, I was trying to think, oh, as a midfield, I was trying to think of like strikers who didn't score loads of goals. Mm. But like, you know, like, um, all I could think was like Jabbo. No. Derek Asamoa, no, he scored more than that. And like trying to stop thinking of players who scored lots of goals. <laughs> <laughs> but now Liam is in touching distance of taking the lead on next week's episode. Oh, boys, I'm so happy we have Guessing the Player. It's so much fun. I have so much fun every week doing Guessing the Player. And it just means we get to end things on a high each and every week. I mean, this has been an absolute pleasure, lads, as it always is. 
Uh, episode 101 will march on uh, to next week and Carlisle United against Gillingham will be the next match report we do on next week's podcast. Gentlemen, it's been an absolute pleasure. It's been a good Indeed laugh. It has, yeah. It has, yeah. And there isn't really much else for us to be doing apart from saying... Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.